So we're busy with a, with a sermon series called One, and I spoke last week in Linwood, I spoke about um, to honor God, and, and Jono uh, also sp- spoke about the same word, uh, one God, to honor Him. And uh, today we speak about one mission, to make disciples, and next week one church, building His kingdom. And so Jono laid this foundation last week from Revelation 7, speaking, we honor God by the way we worship Him through our diversity, sanctified by God. And uh, if you missed that sermon, you're welcome to go and listen to it on our Every Nation Willows um, YouTube page. I want to encourage you to do so. Um, And so it's from this place that we build on our mission. One God from the throne room of God. As we worship God and we honor Him, we need to obey what He's saying to us. Our mission, right? And so... These are the two things that keep us together. You know, we have one church in the city, every nation, Tswane. But we have many congregations. We have Willows, we have Linwood, we have um, uh, Ilardes Park. We have many congregations, but we are one church. And it's through two key factors that we can stay united. We have the same God, one God, we honor Him, and our mission. Our mission. Our mission keeps us together. Our mission keeps us united. So what is this mission? It is a call to make disciples. It is a call to make disciples. I I, I know that you've heard this before, but you're going to keep hearing it. You're going to keep hearing it. Let's let's read um, Matthew 28, 19. This is the crux of our mission. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Baptize them and teach them. Go and make disciples. Baptize them and teach them. Jesus, thank you that you gave your life for this mission. Thank you that you gave your life for us to succeed in this mission. Thank you that 2,000 years later, we can still be on this mission, preach this mission, proclaim this mission, and that this mission, to this day, is changing lives. We thank you that it's from you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Right. And so, this mission, this is our mission. Tell your neighbor, this is our mission. Tell him again. Don't think he heard you. This is our mission. It's not an every nation church mission. It is a Christian mission. It is a follower of Jesus' mission. If I follow Jesus, this is my mission. This is what he's calling us to. Go and make disciples. Baptize them because there's something mysterious that happens when we baptize people. We cannot explain it. The world cannot understand it. But something happens when we put people under the water and bring them up. God changed their lives. It's our mission. Teach them. Disciple them. Jesus said this to his disciples, to his followers, to us, right? Right. So let's go to Acts 5. You can open in Acts 5. 
Now, before we read Acts 5, here's the thing about Acts 5. There's a backstory. When we turn the page to Acts 4, remember they were filled with the Holy Spirit. People were added to the congregation. They healed the, the man in front of the temple. And they started to what? Do the filled with the Holy Spirit. So they did the mission. They did what Jesus asked them to do. They preached the gospel. They made disciples. They baptized people. And so what happened in Acts 4 was they got arrested for this. They got arrested for the first time. And so the council told them, don't do this. You are not allowed to preach in this name. And so Peter and the the apostles said to them, we have to listen to God, not to man. And so what did they do? They continued to do the things. They continued on the mission. And so then when we go further, we see miracles happen. We see the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And we see wonders happen later in in, in chapter 5. And then we get to this place in in Acts 5 where we're going to pick up where they got arrested For the second time. They got arrested for the second time. And it wasn't because they were persecuting, um, they were persecuted because they were Christians. That was not yet. They were arrested because they were successful in their mission. You have to understand this. They were being successful with what Jesus told them to do, they were successful. And they got arrested for the second time. Listen to what um, Acts 5 17 says. It says, but the high priest was filled with jealousy. Okay, so I, I summed up, because we're going to go through quite a bit, of, uh, a bit of this chapter. And so I summed up here and there. So you have to follow me. So verse 17 says, the high priest, the council, these Pharisees and Sadducees was filled with jealousy. They were successful in their mission, is what they were. They were busy with the mission, and so these guys couldn't stand it. And so what did they do? They arrested the apostles and put them in the, in the public, public prison, verse 18, verse 19. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. Highlight that. Opened the prison doors. Okay, didn't take them through the prison doors. Opened the prison doors. And in verse 20, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. When they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now, of all the things they could have done, they went back and do the same thing. Gee, I think if I were there, I think I would have taken it as a sign that maybe let's run now. Let's get out of here. It was nice now, like we did it twice, and they arrested us now twice. But now the angel opened the door, let's get out of here. Like, let's run away. But the angel told them, go and continue the mission. Go to the temple and continue teaching. Continue speaking. Continue baptizing. Continue making disciples. And what did they do? They did it. They did it. 
Listen to verse 22. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. Ooh. Because of 23, we found the prison securely locked. Now, this, look, look at this. The angel opened the doors. And the prison guards found the doors securely locked. I don't know about you, but that's showing off. <laughs> he opened them and then he closed them again just to show them, listen, God is on our side. Wow. This is our mission. This is our mission. He's with us. But when they opened the doors again, now they had to open the doors again. No one was inside. Where were they? And someone came and told them, verse 25, Look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. They did the same thing. Because of what they got arrested for, they're doing the same thing. They are on the mission. They are teaching the people. I love this. Verse 26. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them before the council. So now they got arrested again, third time. And the high priest questioned them. Let's go. Yeah, we're going to do this again. And he said, saying, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name. He couldn't even say Jesus. We charge you. We told you. Don't do this. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. You have filled Jerusalem with a gospel. You have filled Jerusalem with the mission. 29. But Peter and the apostles answer, we must obey God rather than men. They said, listen, we hear you. We obviously acknowledge you. But we have to obey God. He's the higher authority than you. We have to obey him. So do what you must but we have to obey him. And then Peter shared with them the gospel, verse 30. Look at this, verse 30. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on the tree. So he's sharing with them the gospel. God exalted him at his right hand and leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit. They are witnessing even to those who obey him. So he's, they are witnessing the death and resurrection of Jesus, and they're saying he's the only one that can repent, that can bring forgiveness of sins. And so 33, when they heard this, they were enraged and they wanted to kill them. Can you imagine these guys being enraged? They, I mean, kicking down you know, their, their golden glasses with wine in and it's just wine everywhere, ripping off some of their, I don't know, lakens around them and, you know, just ripping it apart. And they were enraged. They wanted to kill these guys. Who are they to tell us that God is the one that can repent them, can, can forgive them? Who is these guys? It's blasphemy. And then there's this Gandalf kind of guy. He rose up, okay, if you, have, if you can get that picture. I, I, I imagine Gamaliel like a, like a tall, taller than Retief, like a tall guy, but old, very old and gray. Verse 34, but a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all, he rose up 
He was saying, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a while. So he's saying, okay, let's just, let's just calm down. Put those guys outside for a moment, okay? You guys just, <laughs> we just want to handle the situation. And then he says to them, men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. So I want you to listen now. If you have a highlighter, now you have to, it's your time to highlight now. For before these days, tears rose up and it came to nothing. You know, there was a guy, he had a following. When he died, it all fell down. Verse 37, and him, after him, Judas the Galilean rose up. And when he died, his following also died down. Okay, so let's just be aware of that. Let's just be aware that there's always movements going to happen. And then he said, verse 38, So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan is, or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. So he's saying, if this plan is of man, it will fail. It will not work. We have seen it. We have seen it. It will not work. And then he said, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You will not be able to stop them. In fact, you might even be found opposing God. He's giving them wise counsel. He's saying, listen, we have to be careful here now because maybe this mission is from God. And then we might find ourselves where we oppose God. And so I think they calmed down a little bit and they were like, okay, let's listen to this guy. And so they took his advice, it says. Verse 40. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them again. So they got a hiding, 39 lashes, and charged them again not to speak in this name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for this name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, listen, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. <laughs> Come on, let's give God glory. They did not stop. They continued the mission. They said you should stop, but they did not stop because God said, because Jesus said. And so why were they considered to be successful in their mission if we look at verse 41? Why, were they, why did they count themselves worthy for this mission? Why do we today, 2,000 years later, have the opportunity to be part of the same mission, to share the same mission, to be successful in the same mission. The apostles in Acts 5 were successful in their mission because they obeyed God. They honored God. They obeyed God. Not a disciple, not a man, not a Pharisee, not a Sadducee. They obeyed the king of the one that we spoke of last week they obeyed him they honored him and God was on their side to the extent where he will open a prison and close the prison 
and do miracles like that. They were successful because they did it together. They kept doing this mission in fellowship. Verse 21, when they heard this, they entered the temple. Verse 32, and we are witnesses to these things. Verse 42, they did not cease teaching and preaching the Christ. They kept doing this mission together. They kept being together. They did not leave one another. They kept doing this mission together. And they were successful in this mission because they absolutely believed that this mission will change the world. They absolutely believed that this mission will change the world. Verse 38, if this plan is, is from man, it will fail. But if it is of God, we will not be able to stop it. We will not be able to stop this plan. Even if you choose not to be part of this mission, the mission will continue. The mission will continue because it's God's mission. The believers that when Jesus called them to make disciples, it was the only mission. That was the only mission. They had no plan B. When Jesus called them to this mission, that was the only mission. It's not a, it's not a different mission. It's not another plan. This is the plan, and it's been working for 2,000 years. <laughs> so tell your neighbor, this is our mission. But I want you to mean it. Tell your other neighbor, this is my mission. I'm on this mission. So there's three things we have to understand about this mission. Three things you have to understand about this mission. Our mission is a mission from God. Let us obey it. This is a mission from God. Let's obey it. Do you want your life to please God like we spoke last week about? Honor Him. If you honor Him, you will obey Him. If we obey Him, we will be part of this mission. It's just how it is. We will be part of this mission. For these disciples, it was easy. God said we should do it. And so we're doing it. Let's do it. For them, it was we're not listening to God, we, uh, to, to man. We're not obeying man. We are obeying God. Therefore, we're on the mission. Even though they were um, arrested and put in prison and taken out of prison and had the opportunity to flee, they continued the mission. Because God said so. And so will there be opposition? Of course there will. These Sadducees and Pharisees and soldiers gave them so much opposition in that time. There will always be opposition. Jesus even said that my disciples and those after me will not have it easy in this world. But take, take heart because I have overcome this world. I have overcome this world. And so is South Africa at this moment a threat to Russia? No, we're not. Because we're not opposing them. If you are not a threat to Satan, maybe you're not part of the mission. Join the mission. 
Join the mission. God is asking us to join the mission and to rejoice and to count it as worthy to join this mission. Verse 41. May our lives please God by the way we keep ourselves busy with the mission. By the way we obey God through the mission. The second reason why our mission, what we have to understand about our mission is this is a mission that binds us together. Join it. I had a phone call a few years ago of someone, a lady phoned me and she said, I have a friend uh, with, a, with a rope, <laughs> a rope around his neck in the bath. He's, he's trying to commit suicide now. I got him to take the rope off and he's in his room. Can you please phone him? And so I phoned Wayne and he agreed to see me. So I went to him, saw him. We had such a long conversation and he agreed you know, not to do something rash and, uh, and to connect with me. So we started a connect group. We, we started connecting step by step, building relationship. And that guy, with the, the way that Jesus transformed his life, he made disciples in this city. He brought people to church in this city. He got such a conviction that he moved to Netherlands and, and helped plant the, net, the church that Philly America is part of, and that they planted. He was part of that, that team, Wayne. Because this mission is for us to be together. I went on a mission, on a mission trip where our bus got stuck. It literally stuck. It, was, it couldn't get through a ditch. And so we were 30 people or 40 people on the bus. And so I had to spend time with these people. And we realized that we are together. We are on this mission together. We are building friendships for life. In fact, I even married one. <laughs> Michelle was also on that mission and we got married. This mission binds us together. Don't do this by yourself. Don't do life by yourself. Become part of a connect group because your life will, will, will change. Become part of a family, a church family. God has called us to be together, to do this mission in fellowship, together on this mission. To guard over each other, to love one another and to care for one another. Let's do this together. And, and lastly, what we have to understand about this mission is it's a mission that changes the world. Whether you're part of it or not, it's been changing the world. It is changing the world. And it will continue to change the world until Jesus comes back. The Pharisees said, you have filled Jerusalem with this teaching. You have filled every house, every street, every corner, every shop. You have filled Jerusalem with this. How many churches do we have in Tswane? Do we have enough? What will it take to see Tswane filled with the gospel and with the message of Jesus? What will it take? What will it take for South Africa to be filled with this message? What will it take for the world to be filled with this message? It will take us to be on the mission. Kamalal said, but if this plan is of God, 
you will not be able to stop it. And here we are 2,000 years later, and we know that this plan is of God. You can take heart that it is of God. It is of God. It's a, it is proven it is of God. We would not be here if, it's not, if it wasn't from God. It is of God. And we are still together. Join in. Join in on this mission. And we will see our city change. We will see our nation change. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe that this mission will change our city, our country, and our nation? Let us obey the mission, join it, and believe it. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. But before I pray, before I pray, I want to, I want to share with you this, this picture that I, when I prayed for you as a congregation, God gave me this picture. And it's a prophetic picture. I saw this community, this church, in this community, in this area, in, in Twane, wherever you find yourself. Saw a picture of, represented almost by Times Square in New York, if you look at the picture. Saw this magnitude of people coming and going busy with their lives, doing things. And I saw, you know, people like you on a mission, going in the center, and you start doing the mission. And I saw a picture, I saw how you took hands, but I didn't, I didn't see how, that, how you, that you took hands, you know, and forming a circle, facing each other. I saw how you, how you were facing outward. You know, standing like this, and the mission was go the, the circle was going all around, and you were standing like this, and you couldn't see the circle behind you, but you know that it was in unity. There's people. And as you were facing people, people were joining the circle. Because it's outward, it is inviting. And you didn't care how big the circle got. All you care about was the mission was this message of people's lives, broken people that can be healed by a Savior. Because Jesus gave His life for this mission, for us to be healed, for us to be reconciled, for us to know Him, for us to be together. And the circle grows so big, it was overwhelming in Times Square. I couldn't even see anymore how big the circle was. But it's because of people like you on a mission. In the places where us as pastors can't come, can't go. And so this morning, if you see yourself part of this mission, I want you to stand. Thank you, Lord, for this mission. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life so that we can be successful on your mission. Count it worthy, Lord. May this circle grow not because of us, because of you because we want to give you glory 
our lives please you. And so as we stand this morning proclaiming to you that we are part of this mission, I want to ask you one more thing. Will you take hands as a prophetic step? If you're comfortable with it, wherever you are, just take hands with the person next to you. I want to pray for you, for the unity in your church. Thank you for this moment, Lord. I pray, Father, for this congregation. I pray your blessing and your protection over them. I pray, Lord, that as you have called them to make disciples on this mission, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they will keep themselves busy with it, pleasing you. I pray, Lord, that they will see in their weekly connect groups how lives change, Lord, how marriages are restored, how healings are happening, Lord, how the Lordship of Jesus take root so deep in our hearts that it convicts us of sins that we've never dealt with, Lord, in those connect groups. I pray, Lord, for people here this morning that's been maybe doubting to become part of a connect group. I pray, Lord, that you will reveal to them the value of being part of this mission, binding us together. Will you protect this mission in this congregation? Will you protect the mission? May we know, Lord, that the mission is safe in this, in this congregation. That your mission is safe in this congregation. Because these people, your people, will take your mission to the people. That this circle will grow, Lord, overwhelming. Because of you. Because, Jesus, you gave it all so that we can do this. So that we will succeed. In 2,000 years, Lord, they will preach that we continued with a, with, a, with a mission. That we continued with a mission. I pray for that. Thank you, Lord, for every believer here this morning. Everyone standing, saying, Lord, I want to be on this mission. I want to be, be part of this mission. May you protect them. May you lead them. May you guide them in this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.